Jika Shah, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Judge Business School Silicon Valley Comes to Cambridge podcast series today. Now, you're CEO of the Carbon War Room. Just explain how you one day woke up and thought, well, I'm going to set up something uh, about climate change. Sure. Well, I mean, since 1995, I've actually been working in renewable energy from uh, wind energy startups to uh, alternative fuel companies. And then most recently I was at BP doing a lot of work within their solar group. Um, And then I started Sun Edison, which today is the largest solar services company in North America. So I think, you know, I, I grew up with an acute sense of climate change and the fact that the solutions are here. Um, so when Richard Branson had asked me to run his new nonprofit called the Carbon War Room, I, uh, I, I jumped at the chance because I think that the main challenge with infrastructure is really that, um, that even after the technology and the policy are done right, there are still market failures that are preventing the, the true scale-up of these technologies. And, you know, on the si- and then the second piece of what the Carbon Warm does is actually focus on um, carbon management as well. I mean, you know, there, there is a real risk that we're not able to reduce our carbon emissions enough to, uh, um, to get to 450 parts per million, and so we're going to have to actually physically remove carbon out of the atmosphere. So, so have you set yourself a, a, a list of strategic objectives, goals, and, and how have you gone about meeting those goals and perhaps admitting you're not going to meet them all? Well, I, we only have really one goal on the carbon mitigation side and then one goal on the carbon management side. On the carbon mitigation side, our goal is moving capital from um, the bad stuff to the good stuff and figuring out why people are not moving it on their own. What barriers do people perceive to bringing uh, more capital into climate change solutions? On the carbon management side, what we're saying is that, you know, when, when uh, it comes time to do ocean iron fertilization or cloud brightening or some of these other ways of, of, uh, of, of reducing the amount of carbon in our atmosphere, um, what governance do we use? I mean, who makes a decision uh, before um, a wealthy entrepreneur spends $5 billion to save the planet? Um, who makes the call as to whether there are side effects to that, uh, you know, and whether they can unilaterally make that decision or whether government should be involved? Now, what about location, employees? They're all things that people have mentioned today in the Silicon Valley comes to Cambridge, isn't it? How important it is to be near like minds, um, you know, all these people located within 25 miles of one another, recruiting the best talent, not necessarily the most expensive talent. And, I mean, it would be daunting to, to somebody just to say, well, we're going to set up a project like yours. Well, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, we, we're, we're settled in Washington, D.C., which today is a real hotbed of nonprofits and um, think tanks and, and others who are actually coming through Washington, D.C. to comment on global warming. So we do have access to great talent. I mean, for the Carbon War Room, we're taking a slightly different approach in that um, most of the people who head up the Carbon War Room today are either um, former CEOs or former prominent business people. Um, we, we really believe that to change capital flows, you really have had to have the battle scars of trying to move capital into your own business, to try to raise capital, try to sell a company, et cetera, to really understand not what people believe in the esoteric um, sort of conversations that are had on the side, but really what is stopping somebody from 
from not investing in that new coal plant, but instead investing in a renewable energy facility or a nuclear facility? You know, what is exactly uh, stopping somebody from uh, investing in natural gas-based fertilizer versus uh, biochar and soil carbon, um, which is far superior on the fertilization side, but also um, far superior on the carbon side? Now, have you been surprised by any of the concepts that you've tried to develop that haven't worked and actually also surprised by those that, that have as a business person? Well, I mean, in, in, in the work that we're currently doing, um, what, what we found is, is that um, we're, we're focused on just a few small areas to begin with. Um, you know, no, no, nothing is small about them, actually, but shipping, soil carbon, um, and energy efficiency, as well as um, carbon management. And what we're finding is, is that um, there's an amazing lack of clarity about what exactly we're solving. You know, and so there are people that are trying to use user-generated content and social networks to get a million-plus people to weigh in on Copenhagen. Well, that's great, but what exactly are they weighing in on? What changes do they exactly see? It's one thing to say to politicians, well, we want you to reduce carbon. It's another thing to say, well, exactly how are we going to reduce carbon? How are we going to do it in a way that actually um, um, reduces and minimizes the impact on the poor or, or, or even the wealthy who you know, have to use airplanes to get around or, 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 or whatnot? In the future... Um, are, are you thinking, well, you know, this is what we've got to do, this is the direction, are you trying to provoke reaction to your project, or, or are you more of a conciliator in terms of working with people and, and massaging their egos, for instance? Well, we're modelled after Winston Churchill's war room, as the name probably suggests, and so, so we don't have all the answers. I mean, I clearly have a lot of expertise in the renewable energy area, but uh, I don't have expertise in shipping and aviation and soil carbon. Um, so what we're doing is we're partnering with some amazing NGOs who have that expertise, as well as, um, as, well as others who... Uh, who have expertise from science and from the national security realm. And we're bringing their voice around the table and actually through a facilitated process trying to figure out what are the true barriers. You know, why are venture capitalists not putting money to soil carbon? Why are pension funds not putting money into low-risk renewable energy assets? What is holding them back? And then once we've actually identified that, then we find the best NGOs out there to implement that vision because, you know, we're not an implementation organization, but we do have very strong goals around capital flows. And so we're working with implementation NGOs to really get this working. And shipping is a great example. We're making a tremendous amount of progress on shipping today. Are you optimistic that this thing called the Internet, the web, can be used as a social force for good? Clearly, the question might be obvious. Yes? Well, I, I mean, I think that to ascribe a tool good or bad, um, I think is, 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 is a bit misplaced. I think in general, the Internet can be used for good if people choose to use it for good. And then, as you, you've seen many times, the Internet's been used for bad as well. I mean, there are many financial frauds that have been perpetrated by the banks using the Internet and using other tools to, uh, of business. And so um, the real question is, is that um, how do we actually design our business systems and our regulatory systems to prevent um, the bad from winning over the good. And have you got the answer to that? Well, I think that the, the, the answer really is that we, we have to all, um, you know, be thoughtful about politics. Politics is the art of, 
of really putting people together and then boxing people into their decisions. It's not, it's not the art of coming up with the right answer. It's coming up with the answer that can be agreed upon by a republic. You know, of a majority of voters or majority of MPs have to, have to be able to vote for it. And and also, uh, you know, what we've missed in the 21st century, you know, through many world leaders who I think have been um, slightly more interested in their popularity ratings than they have been in making change, is that, you know, we also need to get those big ideas in there. You know, when John F. Kennedy said, we're going to put a man on the moon in 10 years, that's an absolutely amazing feat that I'm not sure that any politician would would put stake their reputation on today. So we also have to mix it with a little bit of boldness and a little bit of spice that, you know, I think we haven't seen in two or three decades. Well, if someone were to say now, how would you like to be remembered? Well, I mean, I, I would like to be remembered as somebody who, um, who really worked hard to align uh, regulatory politics and business interests to actually solve the world's largest problems. Well, that is indeed a great epitaph. Um, if we do just have time for one more question... Events like Silicon Valley comes to Cambridge. Do you think they're useful in the sense that even the experts can learn from them, such as yourself? Well, I've learned a tremendous amount already, and so I, I absolutely think that I can learn not only from my fellow colleagues from Silicon Valley that I had not met before <laughs> before coming here, but also from the hundreds of entrepreneurs that we've been able to interact with over the last three days. Um, what we're finding is, is that um, the problems that people solve as entrepreneurs are problems that are local, the problems that they see that uh, that there are profitable solutions for. And what you find is, is that some of the solutions in California are not the same solutions that you need in the UK. And some of the solutions in the UK actually can be scaled throughout Europe and even into parts of Africa and, and Asia far easier than, the, than the, uh, the solutions that we've come up with in California. So extremely helpful. Absolutely, very helpful. And I really, I, I've, I've really enjoyed thoroughly um, the event. Chika Shah, uh, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Judge Business School Silicon Valley Comes to Cambridge podcast series today. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.